10. I released the children through grade four, even as our youth worship team is stepping down. We're so grateful for them leading us in worship today. Isn't that great? Amen. All right. As the children leave, I want to, uh, I wanted to share with you that uh, last night we had a movie that we showed here. It was called Like Arrows. And it may be that you weren't able to be here last night, but I highly recommend seeing this video. And it's available on um, Amazon. You can go on Amazon, you can get it, and you, you, can, you can find it. You know how to find stuff. All right, you don't need me to tell you how to do that, but go find Like Arrows. And I don't care how young or old you are, watch that thing and you will be, you will be blessed. How do you do with tests? You know, as, as you think about tests, I, I, you know, I, uh, Jack was telling me he was an eighth grade uh, teacher and every student in his class loved test day. And, um, you know, how, how do you do with tests? And, and I think of my own life and, and uh, tests really came kind of easy for me most of the time in school until I, until I entered the chemistry class, all right? And all of a sudden, tests weren't so easy anymore because you actually had to study, you know, and you had to memorize, like the element chart. I think there were like 10 or 11 elements at that time. Um, now there's a lot more, right? And, and so, you know, it's, it's even harder now, but, but I remember coming to that test and realizing that, that maybe there's more to tests than I had thought about. Maybe it's the same for you as we think about the tests that come into our lives. And, and, you know, as we're kids, we do that as adults. We don't really necessarily sit down and take as many tests as we used to. But Scripture tells us that the best way for us to learn what it means to live by faith is to invite God to bring tests into our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but... I'm thinking maybe that's, that's a little uncomfortable. So today, let's take a look at a man who learned what it, mean, what it meant to grab onto a test in his life and how it helped his faith to grow, Abraham. So we're looking at what does it mean to live by faith? That's our theme for this year and, and uh, verses for the year. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and preserve our souls. So we're looking at what does it mean for us to learn to live by faith and to encourage each other to live by faith and to take these steps of faith in our lives that allow us to experience the fullness of God's plan in our lives. So today we're looking at Abraham, we're, we're looking at each one of the people, and, and not all of them, but, but as we go through this um, chapter 11 of Hebrews, we're looking at, at some of the people who are listed in there and seeing what we can learn from their faith so that we could follow their example and maybe have some of the success that they had. And we've started looking at this, and one of the basic things we've seen that permeates through all of them is the fact that... Living by faith requires being founded in the word of God, knowing what God says, and then being focused on the faithfulness of God, founded on the word of God, focused on the faithfulness of God, and then ready 
to be a witness of God's plan working in our lives as we live by faith. And so as we look at each of these, and today Abraham, Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So this idea that by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, provided an example for us. So let's dive in and see what that example looks like. Living by faith takes, lets us take bold action steps. Living by faith gives us the power, the focus, and everything we need to take bold action steps. And the first thing we see is that living by faith prepares us for tests. Living by faith prepares us for tests. And we see that in Abraham's life, I think, very clearly. Now, Abraham's life is covered from in Genesis chapter 11, 20, verse 27, through chapter 25, verse 18. And I intend to cover his life exhaustively this morning. But we're going to take a look at some of the things in his life. And, and he's mentioned so many other times throughout Scripture because of the significance of who Abraham is in God's economy the significance of who Abraham is in his plan for redemption, a plan that was set in place before creation, a plan that was set in place before creation for the redemption, the redeeming of of mankind, of, of, of us who he made and who he created. And Abraham plays a key part in that plan. And we looked at that last week as we looked at chapter 12 in the life of Sarah, and how significant it was that, that God came to Abram and Sarai and, and said that, that he would bless the world through them, that, that, that they would be a great nation and, and, and that, that it would be a promise that would go for all time. And we understand and know as we look back that that refers to the, the promise that he made to Adam and Eve that... that um, there would be a seed of the woman who would crush the head of Satan. And we know now that that's Jesus, that that Jesus has come into the world as a seed of a woman, and he has come into the world, and he has destroyed the devil's works, which is why he came into the world. And so he defeated death, he defeated sin, and he came and he did that on the cross and in his resurrection. And so we know that that's what we're talking about, but Abraham plays a key part in this because Abraham was the man that God chose to be the one who would start this family and continue this seed. And that God had a plan for this family that would run all through scripture. And so as we look at Abraham, we realize really when we look at his life, his life was a series of tests. And so while, while this verse in Hebrews tells us that, that Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, the truth is, as you look at the life of, of Abram, Abraham, as you look at that through Genesis, you see that he really faced many tests, just like all of us do. In chapter 12, the Lord says to Abram, 
Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. So it starts right out as a test. The first time that we know that the Lord talked to Abram, he says, leave your home, go somewhere, I'll show you. Okay, right? And Abram, we're told, he went. And it says, so Abram went. Because the Lord told him, he did it. And so we see that he's a man who is following God, who is, who is focused on the voice of God, and who's ready to obey God. And as we look at his life, one of the things we see <clears throat> as we look through is in chapter 12 and, and, and verse 7. As he, as he comes into Canaan, he builds an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. In, in verse 8, he travels on to Bethel and Ai, and he builds an altar and calls upon the name of the Lord. In, in chapter 13, verse 4, he comes to a place and he calls upon the name of the Lord. In, at the end of chapter 13, in verse 18, he moves to Hebron and he builds an altar to the Lord. Okay, and, and he worships the Lord there. Then in chapter 21 and verse 33, he comes to Beersheba and he calls on the name of the Lord there. So what we see in Abraham, Abram, Abraham's life is that this is a man who calls on the name of the Lord. This is a man who, who builds altars to God, who worships God. The very first thing we see in Abraham's example is that you need to be prepared for a test and that living by faith is what it is that prepares you for tests. See, Abraham was this man, by his example, who learned what it meant to call on the name of the Lord. And when he was faced with something that came into his life, he called on the name of the Lord. And he knew the voice of the Lord. And he knew the voice of the Lord because he knew what it meant to worship the Lord. He knew what it meant to build an altar and to provide a sacrifice in the way that God had designed and to put that sacrifice up to the Lord and to call on the name of the Lord for direction, to learn what it means to realize that God has the direction for the direction of his life, for the path that he must lead. And Abram's life, as you read through it, shows that he's one who is, who is focused on God's, God's spoken word in his life and God's revelation in his life. Now, he didn't do that perfectly. And that's what's so powerful about the narratives of Scripture is it allows us to see that this is lived in a real world. All right, this... This faith that we have is lived in a real world with real life situations and tests come into our lives that are, that are significant and that are disguised. And these, these tests come into our lives and we're not always ready for them. They feel a lot more like pop quizzes, don't they? And while, while we're told in Hebrews chapter 11 that, that this was a test for Abram at the time he was experiencing it, I don't believe he knew it was a test. Or maybe he had gotten so used to the way that he and God worked together that he was able to recognize it for what it was. The interesting thing about tests, as it relates to tests that will build our faith, is that scripture shows us that we need to be asking for these. 
We need to be asking God to bring tests into our lives that will, that will build our faith. And I see that in a couple of places. Psalm 139, the amazing Psalm of David. And in Psalm 139, David starts by saying, oh Lord, you know me. You've searched me and you know me. God, I recognize and realize that you know everything about me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You know when I'm going to think about sitting. You know when I'm going to think about rising. You know every breath. You know every thought. You knit me together in my mother's womb and you know the day I'm going to die. You know everything about me. You know me so well. And then he closes the psalm with two of the most powerful verses there are. It says, tell me what you found. He said, you know me so well, tell me, what did you find in me? Search me, oh God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, you've you've searched me, show me what you found, test me. Bring tests into my life so that I can see if I'm truly living by faith. Test me so that my faith can be strengthened. Test me, try me, show me the offensive ways. And the thing that's interesting about these verses, and, and I'll pray them in the morning and I'll say, search me, oh God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there be any offensive way in me. Nothing? All right, let's go. And then I get into my day and something comes into my life and it offends me. Something comes into my life and it, and it causes me to... To, to spiral out of control. I mean, what is it for you? What are the tests that come into your life? Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship strain. Maybe, you're, maybe you're, your kids are acting up in such a way you don't even know how to handle it anymore. Maybe, maybe somebody says something to you that just really offends you. Maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic. Maybe the line's too long at Walmart. Maybe your plane needs to be de-iced and you have to sit there. We have, what are these tests? We live in a fallen world, Right? And the truth is, sometimes when God answers this prayer, it's not wrapped all that well. Sometimes when we ask God to show us the way that's offensive, somebody will come up and say something to us in such a way that it hurts really bad. Or, Or a way that it's just not presented well. Something can happen and it's just, ugh and it will undo you. But listen, just because something's not wrapped well doesn't mean it's not valuable. I know when my grandkids bring me gifts and they have them all wrapped up, they don't wrap all that well. And so when they bring them to me, I I give them back to them and I say, listen, you know, take this, wrap it better, bring it back to me, and then I'll open it. That's silly. You wouldn't do that. So why do I do that with the gift of the test that God is bringing into my life? Even when it comes in a way that's hurtful. Why would I say I don't like the wrapping so I'm not going to... No, I unwrap it and I throw the wrapping away. And I take hold of the gift of the test that God, because I've asked him to, has brought into my life 
so that my faith can grow. In Psalm 26, David says, vindicate me, Lord, for I've led a blameless life. That in itself is like, ooh. I've led a blameless life. I've trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord. Try me. Examine my heart. Examine my mind. For I have always been mindful of your unfailing love. And I have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. This is an amazing song, an amazing psalm. And it's, it's this beautiful prayer of David that, that is a prayer that we can pray. Listen, if you come to a point in your life where you've realized that your sin has separated you from God and earned the wrath of God, if you come to a place where you've understood that as being under the wrath of God, you've been separated from God from his love from you, for his, his desire for you to be in intimate relationship with him, for you to know him, if you've not realized that, if you come to him and you say, God, I, I'm separated from you. I, I've sinned against you. I ask that you'd forgive me. I repent. I turn from the things that I've done before and I turn toward you. I ask that you'd exchange my life of sin for your life of righteousness through Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for my sin. I ask that you forgive me and that you come into my life and make me new and, and help me to follow you and obey you with my whole life. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit comes into your life as God changes you from who you were into the new creation that he's designed for you to be. And you come to him and you are before him blameless. He sees you through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so I come to God and I say, God, vindicate me. Be my defender, be my shield, be my fortress, be my, be my rock, and I ask that you stand before me and, and look at me. I, I've, I'm living a blameless life. I'm holding my heart before you. God, you have my heart. Test me. Try me. Oh, God, examine me. If there's any way that this isn't true in my life, please let me know it because the last thing I want is to be walking out of step with you in any way in my life. Test me. Bring the test. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Listen, that word for tempted in this verse is tested. There's been no testing that's come into your life that someone somewhere somehow hasn't experienced that already. It's common to man. We live in a fallen world. And over thousands of years, these things have been experienced. But God is faithful. Amen? And he will provide a way so that you can stand up under this testing. What this verse tells me, he will not allow me, he will not allow you Do you know that you can withstand a lot more than you think you can? Did you know that? That's what it says here. He says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God knows. And listen, he's looking to stretch you. He wants to grow your faith, and he wants to stretch you. And, and I know being the athletic person that I am, that 
when you stretch yourself, right, you get to a point and you're tempted to say, oh, that's all the farther I can go. Right? Maybe you've been in physical therapy. Those people are brutal. And you got 80% and they're saying you should have 120. You know, and you're like, okay. And they stretch you farther than you ever thought you could go. And see, the tests that God's bringing into your life, listen, they're to prepare you for the tests that will be coming. They're stretching you. They're growing you. If you see them for what they are, if you see them as God coming into your life, listen, nothing comes into your life that hasn't gone through the fingers of God. He's either allowed it or decreed it into your life. And it's so that your faith can be built. Living by faith lets us take bold action steps. First, it prepares us for tests. The second thing we see is that it requires action that's based on knowledge. Requires action based on knowledge. And again, we go back to Genesis, and we're in chapter 17, looking at Abraham. What did he know? As, as God came to him, what did he know? And we can't know exhaustively what he knew, but in the passage that we read last week, and God said to Abraham, I mean, Genesis 17, 15. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. Moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. We looked at that last week, so I'll not look at that this week, but we'll go on. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So God is saying to Abraham, I got a plan for this seed, this seed that's been promised, and the blessing that was lost in the garden, that blessing that, it, that I'm designing for people to have will be carried through you. And it will be carried through a son that's not yet born whose name will be called Laughter. I love that. Both Abraham and Sarah laughed when they were told. And so God has them name their child, he laughs. And so it's this idea of, yeah, a reminder that you laughed when you were told, but also the unbelievable joy that Isaac brought into their lives as the promise of God and his faithfulness was fulfilled. So God, or Abraham knew what God had said. Abraham knew that this was the, the child that he was given. He had asked, couldn't Ishmael be this child? And God said, no, this child is the one who comes through Sarah, not through the Egyptian handmaid. My provision, not yours. God had provided the place. And then we come to chapter 22 of Genesis. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. So here we get a picture of the narrator of Scripture, of this passage of Scripture, and, and we've looked at that, that, this idea that the narrations of Scripture help us understand this meta-narrative, the overall story of God, and, and so these narrations have a narrator, and in this particular case, the narrator who's letting us know this account of Abraham chooses to let us in on something Abraham doesn't know. This is a test. 
And, and as he's writing to this original audience, the narrator feels it's important for them to understand that this is a test that Abraham's going through. And he says, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. Now that says, that says tons. Right, that speaks volumes. That when God called Abraham's name, the first thing Abraham did was say, here I am. Here I am. I wonder, how does that work for you? As you're reading scripture and you're coming along and all of a sudden there's something that, that, that it's clear God's working in your heart on and, and it's like God's calling Chuck and you go, whoo, yeah, okay, no, how about another page? Maybe there's something a little better, right? But to be able to say when you're reading scripture, when God calls your name, when, when God speaks to you and says, here, here I am, are you ready to say, here I am? Here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. And that means the only one of the promise. Whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mounts, which I shall tell you. Now this is a big ask, isn't it? This is a big ask. Right? Scott, take Reed and offer him. You just dedicated him to the Lord, right? We dedicate our children to the Lord and say, God, whatever you want to do in the life of this child, I trust you with that. And so, Abraham, take Isaac, take, take this child of promise and offer him. Now, we read this through 2020 Williams Bay eyes. And we don't understand the culture that this was written in. This was happening all around them at the time. The land that they came from, Ur of Chaldeans, it wouldn't be uncommon for child sacrifice. Children were dispensable at this point in time. And so child sacrifice was all over the place. It's one of the reasons God wanted the land of Canaan cleared out down the road. But Abraham, this, so it's not unusual in the culture, but it's an unusual ask for Almighty God to ask this of Abraham. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Okay, so he gets this tough ask. What does he do? He gets up ready to do it. He rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Now, that's a significant, significant verse, isn't it? You stay here with the donkey. And I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again. See, he's ready to go worship. This isn't anything Abraham doesn't know how to do. Abraham knows how to worship. So he took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and they went, um, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, and he said, here I am, seems to be a common theme with Abraham, here I am, my son, and he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, so they went, they went both of them together. 
This is an amazing thing. It's an amazing example of how a father can pass down the truth to a son. And, and Abraham could have said, I don't know. He could have said a lot of things. But Abraham knew one thing. He knew that God would provide. And that had become such a source of strength in his life that he was able to let his son know God will provide. He's provided for me in the past. This is expanding on the text, so I'll stand away from the pulpit. He's, he's saying, I, I've seen him provide in the past, and I am absolutely convinced he will provide right now. He will provide. God will provide for the offering, my son. And in that moment in time, he has an opportunity to teach his son that living by faith requires action based on knowledge. And the knowledge is that, that Abraham has is that this son, Isaac, is the one who will bear the seed and who all the nations will come from. He knows this is true because God has told him and God is faithful. And he knows that God is faithful and he knows that God is worthy of worship. He knows that God can be trusted. He knows all these things because all through his life in every test that has come, God has proven faithful. And so he's been able to take these steps of faith and he's able to tell his son that he can as well. Living by faith requires action that's based on knowledge. So the reason that I have tests come into my life is so that I can know God more and more. I can know him in the situations that come into my life because we live in a world that has trouble. And what happens to you is less important than how you handle what happens to you. And if you handle what happens to you by faith, you will see God's, revel you will see God's revelation and his provision. So not only does it prepare us for test, not only does living by faith require action, it also requires that we look for God's revelation and God's provision. And that's what Abraham teaches us. As we go on in our text, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there. There it is. He knows what to do. Build an altar. If you're going to have an encounter with God, you build an altar. And then you offer a sacrifice. It causes me to think about Romans chapter 1. I urge you, offer yourself as living sacrifices. That means you need to build an altar and get up on there and offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Abraham shows us, build the altar. And he lays the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And he reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter the son. And Isaac's thinking, this is how God's going to provide And the knife is in the air. He is in the act of offering his son. And a voice comes. Abraham, Abraham. Here I am. Here I am. See? At one of the most critical moments, maybe one of the most critical moments of all time, Isaac is ready to be pierced with a knife. And if, if Abraham doesn't know how to hear the voice of God, he will, he will 
take his son Isaac's life, but because Abraham knows the voice of God, because he knows what God has said, he knows what is true, when God cries out to him and says, Abraham, Abraham's ready to stop and say, here I am. What? And God says, I have a provision for you. See, as we live in faith, as we walk by faith, as, we, as we're ready for tests, as the tests come into our lives, as we take action and we look for God's revelation and his provision, here it is. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything for him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on this mount of the Lord it shall be provided. You see, Abraham, being ready to hear the voice of God, allowed him to see the provision of God. Abraham, ready to hear the voice of God, was able to to see the provision of God. And the provision of God was a substitute sacrifice. Instead of his son, there would be a substitute of the ram. And it looks forward to the time when God will offer his son without without a substitute. And it looks forward to the provision that is our provision. The provision that was given to Abraham and Isaac. The provision of the sacrifice looks forward to the provision of God for the sacrifice of Jesus that pays the penalty for our sins when we can't do it on our own. It's only through Jesus Christ. And God would offer his son without a substitute. The Lord will provide the Lord will provide, verse 14, and, and this is the first time we see it in Scripture, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And when you think of the Lord providing, what does that mean? And could I say to you that what it means, first and foremost, is that the Lord will provide a way out for the tests. And that way out is, is to stand on the truth of Jesus and his presence in your life, and his power over sin. In James chapter one, excuse me, James chapter one, it talks about tests. Verses two and forward. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So listen, not only do you ask God for text, tests, you say, Lord, test me, you count it great joy when he answers the prayer. Ugh. Really? Can, can, can we do that? This last three, four weeks for me have been, oof, been going through this, this time in my life where the Lord has been testing me. And I'm like, is this because I thought we should preach on faith? Yeah, it is. Do you know my faith needs to be strengthened just like yours? We need our faith strengthened. And, and so we can expect these tests to come into our lives. And they're tests that stretch us. And they're tests that scare us. 
Because you see, we can't see what's ahead. We can't know what that next step is, but we know who does. And so we take that step confident. Confident, I say, that a faithful God will provide the landing for that foot if it's the step that he's directed us to take. We are confident that our faithful God will provide that. There is a provision that comes from God. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Listen, happy is that guy who remains steadfast under trial. If you're able to, with joy, like Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, if we can follow that example as well, and as we can step into this crowd of witnesses around us, and if we can embrace with joy the tests that we experience, knowing that they're shaping us and forming us and allowing us to become more and more who God has designed us to be, even as we're stretched beyond what we can think we can even imagine to realize he won't let you break What are the tests in your life right now? What do they look like? What tests have come into your life? So what? And how have those tests moved you to take action? And how have you seen the revelation of God? His provision in the midst of those. I am learning that even in the pain of tests, there's great joy to be found as God continues to build me for his glory. So God, may that be true of us. May we, God, find what it means to take bold action. Thank you for the example of Abraham. Thank you for his life, Lord, his, his example of being able to even offer his son as a sacrifice. Lord, may we hear your name, you calling our name, as Abraham did. May we be ready to say, here we are. Ready, Lord. Use this test for your glory. Use this test to grow me. Use this test to grow someone else. And if it's not wrapped real well, help me not to miss the gift of the test so that I can know you more. We pray this in your name. Amen.